I am so glad to see everybody here this morning. Thank you so much for choosing to worship with us at Crestview Baptist Church. Um, it is an exciting day because I was able to have Sunday school today. It's been kind of a hectic morning. So if you don't know, I had Sunday school right here with three boys. So um, that's just the way things are this morning. And that's okay. Uh, Pastor Artie is not here today. He has some uh, family business he's taken care of. So uh, you guys are stuck with me today. Um, I don't really have a lot of announcements uh, except for uh, Wednesday night. We are beginning our Wednesday night services back. That is exciting to me. I think that deserves a, a clap. I'm so glad to be back on Wednesday night. Uh, 6.30 is our adult Bible study, but starting at 5.30, from 5.30 to 7.30. Let me take this off. I don't know why I still have it on. 5.30 to 7.30. We are having an event that I have called Back to Action because we are taking our student ministry back into action full swing. If you will bring your kids, it doesn't matter if they're one or if they're 21. You know, Michaela was like, okay, I can come. So, but uh, it doesn't bring your kids out, and we are going to celebrate with some pizza that will be served safely. Uh, I'm going to have individual drinks and individual chips, so everything's safely. I'm going to be wearing a mask. I'm going to encourage the kids to wear a mask. Um, so all that's going to be here. It's going to be safe, and we're going to have some fun, and we're going to have a time of Bible study at the end when we break up into our groups. Um, I had Miss Linda Lee. They are not here today. They are out of town, but she called me, and she was, she was like, am I going to get to meet with my middle schoolers? She's like, I miss my middle schoolers. And I said, yes, you are going to get to meet with your middle schoolers. So if you have a young person that you know and you want to get them back into Thanks Full Swing, invite them to church Wednesday night. If somebody needs a ride, send me a message. I'll work it out one way or the other. I will get them here somehow, okay? Uh, the other announcement, um, Joy has something she wants to say. But while Joy is talking, I'm going to say, when jo while Joy talks, I'm going to say this. If you have a ballot, a deacon ballot, that you have not turned in, if you would raise that up in the air while Joy is talking, we're going to have someone come by and grab it so we can get those counted, so we can let you know who your new deacons are by the end of the service. So if you have one of those, right now, I'm going to invite Joy up. I told her I would allow her to speak, so I'm giving her a little bit of time here. Chad is just so gracious, he always allows me to speak. <laughs> uh, first of all, I want to say from the nominating committee that last year we didn't elect uh, committees and officers, we just continued on. But we have decided that uh, it's time we did that and put our committees and different things, ministries into place. Now this year we're going to vote on it in March on our committees. If you haven't been contacted and you would like to serve, see me or Pat Hammett or for Sunday School, Joe McCurry. 
uh, and we'll get you plugged in wherever you need to be. And the year this time will run from April until 9-2022. So it's a little longer than our usual year, but uh, I think it'll go fast. And during this past year with COVID and all, we haven't had a lot to do. So hopefully we're going to pick back up and be active in our committees and our ministries again. Also, I want to thank everybody that has... Uh, given to WMU to support our Adopt-A-Child, and if there's anybody that hasn't had an opportunity and would like to, just see me after the service. And also, this is Annie Armstrong Easter Offering Month, and uh, last year we didn't do real good with our offerings, but uh, we want to support these. This is something we can do whether we go or not. We can support our missionaries. And Annie Armstrong is for North American missions. So you're supporting those right here in the United States and Canada. So uh, I put some envelopes out at the desk uh, in the uh, festival. And, or you can write on your envelope uh, AA for Annie Armstrong offering and give. So thank you for listening and for participating. Uh, it's me again. So I'm just going to invite everybody at this time to turn our hearts to God. There's a lot going on in the world. It's been a crazy week for everybody, I'm sure. I know at my job it's been a crazy week. But right now, it's time to take all those things and just let God fill us with the Spirit, fill us with joy, and just enjoy our time with him and with fellowship and as a as a group of believers thank you Joy, I needed to make sure that I was doing what Chad wanted me to do at the right time. <laughs> uh, folks, let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Dear God, we come before you this morning. And Lord, as we enter this time of worship, Lord, that's why we're here. We're here to worship you. Lord, you're God and we're not. And Lord, we ask you to forgive us when we place ourselves on the throne. And in so doing, put our needs, our wants, our desires before yours. And so, Lord, as we come to you this morning... We come praying as sincerely as we know how. That, Lord, you will speak to us through this hour of worship. We pray that you will use Chad as he shares the word with us. And, Lord, we pray that your will will be done concerning the deacon election. Lord, we pray for those who will be selected to serve 
Lord, it's not easy. Not easy being a servant of yours, whether you're a deacon or a, a church member. Lord, we were talking about in Sunday school this morning that how we in the church often fail to live up to what it is that we say we profess and how we project a negative image to the world. But Lord, we want to be the Christians that you would have us to be. And the fact of the matter is, God, we know we can't do that on our own. But Lord, we, our responsibility is to seek to be in relationship with you. And then you, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, enable us to be who it is we need to be. Lord, we pray for Margie Smith's family. We pray, dear God, and that you would be with them in the loss of Margie. Lord, we pray for our shut-ins, those who are not able to be out and who are not comfortable coming to the service yet. And then for those others, Lord, who are at home who really want to be here, but again, the comfort level, they're not, it's not quite there. But Lord, we just pray for every member of this church family, from the youngest to the oldest. And Lord, we ask that we ask that you bless us so that we may be a blessing. Lord, you've already done everything for us. You've provided us a way. We thank you, dear Jesus, for going to the cross. We thank you, dear God that through the power of the resurrection, that when we pass by cemeteries, Lord, we realize that our hope is in you and that you provided a home for your children. And so, Lord, in this life and the life to come, we praise you, we need you, and we need you during this time of worship. May you be on the throne, and may we, maybe not physically, but bow our hearts, our minds, our spirits before you. For it is in the precious name of Jesus that we do pray. Amen. One of our deacons, who is rotating off, Terry and David will be uh, rotating off uh, before the two new deacons come on. But uh, I was talking with Terry one day this week, and Terry said that he would like to say something to the church. And Terry, we'll be delighted to hear from you. I just want to let the church know that I appreciate serving as a deacon. I just want to challenge the new deacons that are coming on board to get to know the families and stuff. Talk to them, call them up, you know, ask them how their day is and stuff. But 
when I had to serve this, you know, the first time it was a shock to me. And I really, you know, didn't know what to get into. But this second time, I really enjoyed it, talking to people and stuff, getting to know them. You know, it's, this is my church family. You know, I want to learn more and more about each and every person here at the church. And I enjoyed it now. But when I, they asked me to extend my deaconship a little bit longer and stuff, I figured, well, some of the people on my team, you know, my families and say, well, they don't want me to do it anymore. I figured it'll be like Mike. Mike was saying, he told me one day, oh, no, I got to deal with you again. <laughs> I'm like, Mike, come on. You know, I thought me and you were, had a relationship. We do. I tell you, it wasn't for Mike. You know, there's a lot of people in this church, but Mike I can cut up with every day. You know, he'd always aggravated me the time with stuff we were working on the youth building from day one. You know, <clears throat> what's taking me so long? You know, why ain't you hurrying up? Things like that. I need to be kept in line. And I love it. You know, I just want to tell everybody thank you for letting me serve. And I look forward to doing it again. But, you know, we got other young men in this church, young other people. Let's give them a chance. Let's see what they can do for our church. You know, I'm still going to be on the Baptist men. Ah, that. Y'all have to force me out of that, you know. Because I know there's so many people want me to do stuff. And me and Whitey, we get along good. You know, I enjoy it. You know, I learn a lot of things from different other people in this church. You know, like Rick Beck, you know, there's, there's a lot of people, a lot of men and stuff. Get to know these people. You know, I don't care how old they are. That's where a lot of the wisdom is at. A lot of the knowledge. You can learn a lot of things from other people. That's what my grandfather always said. Don't don't disregard older people. Older people know things that you don't know, and they will teach you stuff in life now. And I'll tell you what, I'm learning every day. I, know. I don't want to give it up. You know, I learned everything I do, and being a deacon and stuff, it was a blessing in my eyes. You know, I've learned what got me into church was Stan. When I, I was real little, Stan wanted me to, you know, to Christ. But what really opened up my eyes to doing things for people was Mel Campus. Mel Campus told me to look out outside of your home. Look outside your family and stuff. Family comes first, but look at what you can do to be a blessing to somebody else. Look what God blessed you and your talent so you can go help somebody else. So he did. He opened up my eyes when we did that, that home for our missions and stuff. That opened up my eyes. Building handicap ramps and stuff. I enjoy doing things like that for other people. I don't want nothing. I don't want to get no praises or nothing like that. I get the blessings from God by letting me learn to be, you know, to work with other people, other men. I just want to say thank you for letting me serve. Thank you for again. And keep me in your prayers. I always need them. You know, call me up if you still. Any people that's on my list and stuff, please. Call me up still. I like to hear from you. You know, I'm not out of the church. I'm still here. I might not be your deacon, but I'm still here. So call me because I'm still going to call y'all just to see, you know, to aggravate because I like to aggravate Mike. I mean, I've always called him once a week. So, but it, it was fun. But it, it keeps me young. It keeps me alive and keeps me moving. So I do. I challenge the new deacons to get to know your families and uh, reach out to other people and I'll see where they live at, talk to them. I mean, if you get a chance to go out, go out. But, you know, all this stuff going on, it's hard to do. But still call. Call. You know, it don't hurt. Thank you again.
I will have to say this when it came to our deacons meetings, uh, when we reported on our families, Terry always had something to say. So, Terry, we appreciate you very much. We have come today to worship our risen Savior, so let us stand and sing hymn number 213, We Will Glorify, 213. Just because it's been, it's, it's a lot. I'm going to tell you, I don't see how Artie gets up every week, week after week, and, 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 and deals with the pressure of not, the responsibility of sharing God's word is, is so great because, you know, I, I mean, I might be, I might tell somebody something that leads somebody to Christ, and then just, that responsibility just weighs on me, and just, and sometimes I forget, you know what, I got to let God God's got this. He's going to guide me through it. And sometimes I think, you know what? What can I do? But what can God do? So I want to talk about this morning with the kids. And I want to invite you, if you have kids at home watching this. I think I'm on. Yes. I want to invite you to bring them close to the screen so they can see. Things look a little different up here this morning. Kind of think I'm crazy by the end of this service. Uh, but it's okay. I want to talk about God's love this morning. But first I want to talk about this measuring cup I have right here. And uh, if you've ever helped your mom or dad cook at home or bake things, you've probably used a measuring cup. It's used to measure milk, flour, whatever you're going to be using to, to be baking or to be cooking. So I want to talk about this measuring cup and I've got some water down here. And I want this water here to represent God's love. This water is going to represent God's love for us. And this measuring cup sort of represents us. And I want to show you what happens when we start pouring God's love in there. I am spilling it. That's that. Thank you, Terry. That's very observant of you. <laughs> when I started pouring water in there, it began to overflow after a few minutes, after a few seconds, right? Because 
God's love is so great in our life. It's so great. His, his love can't be measured by anything that we can put, put out there to measure. It is just so big and so powerful. And it just overflows in our life, just like this water did in this measuring cup. And I'm going to read some Bible verses this morning. I'm going to read... I've got it marked, I promise. John chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. And it says, And as Moses, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the, into the world, and men love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. God sent Jesus Christ not to condemn us, he sent Jesus Christ to save us. He loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die on a cross and be risen again on the third day for him. If that's not love overflowing, I don't know what is. So kids, adults, teenagers, the next time you're baking and you're using a measuring cup, let that remind you that God's love can't be measured by anything that his love it's constantly overflowing. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And Laura Barcher, I believe, is going to take the kids out the side door there. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your overflowing love in our lives. Well, we love you and I just praise you. And thank you for your son, Jesus. Would you stand again as we sing page 182, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, verses 1 and 3, 182.
Today, I'm going to do things a little in a little different style for me. I wanted to. I wanted to, so don't kick me out of here by the by the time the day's over with. But I wanted to talk to you guys, kind of like I would be talking to a group of young people, because that's what I'm used to doing. And um, so so bear with me this morning. But uh, I'm going to try something different. I have a short video clip I'm going to show in just a second. But as today, we are going to talk about answering God's call in our life. And this video, is you'll never guess, it's from an Avengers movie. It is, a, it is about a call that was laid on somebody at this point in their life. And uh, I had uh, several people look at it and think, well, is that going to be okay? And they're like, yeah, I think so. So Bruce said... If it's not okay, come talk to him afterwards. So, so I'm going to see if he can get that video up there. We're going to try it anyway. Maybe not. If it's not going to work, it's okay, guys. We'll do, we'll, I'll just continue on. Just continue on. All right. It's not going to work, but it's okay. That thing happens. So today I want to talk about answering God's call. And I want to encourage you guys to interact with me a little bit because that's what I like. That's my, one of my favorite things about Wednesday night with my kids is having them interact. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to raise your hand if you have a cell phone. Should be almost everybody in here has a cell phone now. All right, so raise your hand again if you have ever gotten a call from somebody, looked at it, ignored it, and then sent them a text back. So, Joe and Jim, I know when I call y'all, that's what y'all are doing now. So, it happens. If you're under 30 and you're going to argue that you haven't done that, I'm not going to believe you because... My own wife has done that to me before. <laughs> Ignore my phone call and then send me a text. And we tend to do that. But this is a fairly new issue that we have in our lives. Now, I'm going to run through a very brief history of the phone. So the phone was invented in 1876. There was no way to know who were calling. As a matter of fact, I watched Andy Griffith and know you call Sarah and she, she put you through who you wanted to talk to. It wasn't until 1960 that the answering machine was invented. I don't know what an answering machine cost in 1960, but I bet you that they weren't in every single house. And at that point in time, you could let it go to the answering machine and they could leave you a message. But in 1988, call screening was revolutionized with the invention of the caller ID. Now, 1988 in my house, I know we didn't have caller ID till I was up into my teens. So I could tell when my friends were calling or if uh, Aunt Mama's at home, she's going to get me. There used to be this lady that called our house. She never answered for this lady. I would not say this lady's name, but she would never answer for this lady. And I, I understand why. That it happened. But, and now we have text message. That means we can ignore any of our calls. And we can essentially send them back a telegram. Say, hey, what do you want? 
We could, there could be many reasons that we would do that. Now, y'all are probably thinking, this guy's crazy. Why is he talking about telephones? We're at church. So I am going to move on to the meat of my sermon because I didn't come here today to talk about cell phones. I come here today to talk about answering God's call and not the call on this thing. And I just put this up there as a visual. Um, and this is a call that whether we want to admit it or not, we often ignore it in our life. It's not one that comes from a telephone, but it is a call that each individual person has. Doesn't matter what your profession is, where you're from, we all have a call. And that call is a call that God puts on our lives to serve Him in different ways. Now, calls are different. Not everybody's calls the same. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Online or sitting here right now, has a call that God placed upon their life. And so what does that mean? What does it mean that God's placed a call in our life? Because God's not called every one of us to be preachers or missionaries. Um, there's a guy that I know that he's a preacher now, and uh, he, was, he was pretty late in life when he accepted God's call to preach. And he's a good preacher. And he's, he'd get up there and he said, he said, I've told God, he said, I'll do anything you want me to do, God. Please don't call me to Africa or something. I'll go, but I ain't going to like it. So we're not all called to be missionaries and go to foreign countries. David and Nancy, we're lucky we have, we have missionaries in our own church, and that's an exciting thing. Um, not everybody is called into that, though. So the, the call on our life varies from person to person. Some are called to be share, shepherds and caretakers of the flock. And that's usually in the form of a pastor. Some are called to be deacons in the church. Not everyone is called to be a deacon. Some are called to be Sunday school teachers or Bible study leaders. Some may be even called to be on a church committee. Ain't that right, Joy? They may be called to be on a church committee. And see, I didn't even know she was going to talk about that when I come up here. It worked out good. I plugged you during the sermon, Joy. Or a social group. It doesn't stop there, though. As a matter of fact, that part of listening to God's call is only the beginning. What happens in this church is only the beginning of God's call in our life. God's call extends outside the walls of this church. We can be called, we, we are all called to be witnesses and examples of what it means to live for Christ and to love Christ in our daily lives. If we're a college professor or if um, we work in a factory somewhere or if we're mechanics, if we're truck drivers, whatever we are, God has called us to be an example in his life. So as we go into this, this is the question I want you to think about. Are you screening God's calls? Why are you screening God's calls? You might not even know it. How are you screening God's calls? So we're going to look at four instances of what God calls us to do. Four scriptures. And three of these scriptures are lined up. They, they are the Great Commission, straight up. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to go to Matthew 
chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. And if you could, I would like you to stand up as we dive into God's Word. So the first one, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And Mark, not done yet, Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18 says, And he said to them, Go into the, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues and they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In the Gospel of Luke, it says this. Luke chapter 24, 44 through 48 says, And then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, while all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it is necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise on the, from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And you are a witness of these things. And then, this is chapter Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's bow our heads and I'll have everybody sit down. God, thank you so much for your word, God, that you've left us a guidebook as we go out and we seek to answer the call that you put in each one of our lives. God, it may be a small call, it may be a large call, but whatever it is, Lord, we have been called to share the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. Well, we thank you for your word and I thank you for this message that you laid upon my heart, Lord. We love you and I praise you, God. Amen. All right, as you may be seated. Now, that is four separate accounts of God calling us into action. How many in here, when you were little, your mom told you the first time, or your dad told you the first time, you got up and did it? No questions asked, right? What happens if you didn't do it after the first time? My daddy would pull over and he'd get a hickory on the side of the road. And he'd lay it up there on the dash. And dare us not to do it on the first time when he called us to do something. Now, did I mess up sometimes? Yes. But, you know what? That's okay. We, we do mess up. And God still loves us if we mess up. But God tells us right there. That's just four accounts of God calling us into action. So we're going to talk about God's call in our life. And why in the world... 
question I want to ask you is why in the world would we ignore a call from our creator? That would be like your mama calling and you see your mama's calling. If your mama's calling, you answer the phone. And you see your mama calling and you're like, I really don't want to talk to her right now. <coughs> Excuse me. And you ignore your creator, essentially. You ignore your creator. Call. Mama's not going to be happy about that, right? If you ignore God's call, he's going to love you just like your mama still loves you. But he's, he's not going to be happy about you ignoring God's call on your life. I mean, we would not be here if it wasn't for him. He has his hand in everything. Every part of our lives. And just as easy as he put, he gave us things and he brought us into this, he can take it all away from us, right? He can, he can, he can allow it all to be taken away from us. So why would we choose not to listen to God's call in our life? And I've got four reasons why, we, why people, why excuses we make why we don't answer God's call in our life. And the number one is a biggie. God's plans in our life interferes with the plans that, that we have for our life. Right? Anybody ever had that happen to them? It happened to me. I was late coming into the ministry. We're talking about that this morning with my youth group, with my youth in here, the, the ones that I had. If I would have listened to God and accepted his call on my life into the ministry when I, when I was younger and, and, he was, and he was first calling me, then I would have been into the ministry for a really long time by now. But it was, I was almost 30 before I, I, I fully realized and accepted God's call into my life. So God's plan interferes with our own. Um, but we have to remember that it's God's will, not ours. Even before Jesus was arrested, he was in the garden praying, God, if there's any other way to do this, hey, that sounds good, let's do that. But if not, if there's not another way to do this, God, it's your will, not my will. We have to remember that God's will reigns supreme in our life. And we have to put his will before our own will. Second reason we might ignore or screen God's cause. It's just too hard. We have enough Listen, I, I know good and well that I get up and I go to work every day and do different things. I have enough challenges in my life. And when God places something in our life and it seems... A little challenging? God, I, I'm doing enough right now. Don't you think I'm doing enough? His plans in our life are often, they might not really be too hard, but they're a lot harder than we would like them to be, right? Because I, sometimes I like things to just be easy going and smooth, but God's plans don't always work like that. The third thing that we do, that the reason that we say we can't do that is we're just too busy and as as someone who has three kids I can tell you it is so easy for the busyness of life to take over and say you know what I, I don't have time to do that right now it could be going things like coming to church on Sunday morning you had a really busy week and you say well you know what 
I'm just going to stay at home today because I'm really tired and this is the only day I'm going to get to sleep in because we had a really busy week. So busyness, the hustle and bustle of this life can get in the way of us answering God's call in our life every day. The fourth and the last reason that I wrote down that reasons why we ignore God's call in our life is something that if you've had teenagers, you've heard this before. I just don't want to do it, right? I just don't want to do it. You know what? It's not that I'm busy. It's not that I'm tired or it's, it's not really that hard. I just, I'm just not in the mood to do it right now. You ever ask your kids to clean their room and they're going to find every excuse they can to not clean their room? Knowing that what it is is they just don't want to do it. They do not want to go clean their room. Hey, I've been there. I tell them, I, working with kids in the school system, I have kids tell me on, on a regular basis, I've been told, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to do this. And I say, you know what? When you walk into School, school is important. It's not something that you get to pick and choose what you do and what you don't want to do. School is something that, hey, you're here and you have to do it whether you like it or not. And that is the way God's call should be. It should be that some days, you know what, we're just tired and we, we would rather just stay at home and not go talk to people, not be the witness that he's called us to be. But... God has put a calling in our life. No excuse is too big for us to say, you know what, I'm not going to do it. So those four reasons, I'm going to review them for you. God's plans, God's plans interview with our own plan, interfere with our own plans in our lives. Sometimes God's plan is just too hard. Sometimes we're just too busy and sometimes we don't want to do it. But my challenge is push those excuses out and push forward and do what God wants you to do in your life. Be ready to answer God's call in your life, no matter how big or how small of a challenge His, may, his call may be in your life. You may be called to pack up and move to China to be a missionary. Or you may be called to go out in your community and help out with the homeless people. You may be called to get up on a day when the weather's miserable and you don't like it outside and you just didn't want to get up and still smile and say hey to people when you walk by. I lost my place. <laughs> Sorry. What I'm, gospel, sorry guys, and smile, share the gospel with the actions and energy that you project. So what's that Hollywood say? What's that saying they always say in Hollywood? There are no small actors, only small parts, right? Ain't that what they say? On the kingdom level, and when I say the kingdom level, I mean God's kingdom, God's rule. There are not even small parts. God's intention is for us 
to in one way or the other share the gospel of Jesus Christ with everyone you come in contact with. Whether his call on your life is to be a preacher, a Sunday school teacher, be on a committee at church, or just go to your job and do what you do every day and love people the best you can in the way that you treat them. So just remember this, that whatever you are in life, no matter what I said, like you're a mechanic, you're a college professor, you work at a meal, you drive a truck, whatever you are in, in your life every day, use that position that God has allowed you to be in to influence others for Christ. Smile at someone who may be having a bad day. Be kind to someone who may feel that kindness is dead in this world. And listen, it is easy to walk out of this world and think kindness is something of the past because people, we all get in a, we all get in a, in a mood and go out and we just want to be about ourselves. But God tells us that we don't go out into the world to be about ourselves. We go out into the world to share the love of Jesus Christ with others. So just love. So my final, my final challenge before I close in prayer, is to just love every single person that you cross paths with. Be that beacon. Be that light. Because no matter how big or how small you feel that God's call in your life is, God's called you for a reason. He's called you to be an example for somebody. To love somebody. So my challenge is to, when your caller ID pops up and you see that God is calling you to do something and you think, you know what? I'm too busy for that call today. I don't have time for it. Answer God's call in your life. I can't tell you what that call is, but I can tell you that trusting God having a relationship with him you do have a call in your life you just have to rely on him to lead you answer the call guys let's go to the Lord in prayer God thank you so much for this day for the love that you shared with us through Jesus Christ your son coming and living and dying on our cross for our, for our lives and our sins God I just pray that each and every person listening to this is ready and willing to walk out the doors and answer the phone. Answer when you call us, Lord. It's easy to say we're too busy. We're too tired. We just don't want to do it today. God, it's easy to say your plan gets in our way. It's easy to say these things. But I just pray that you give us the strength and the wisdom to answer the call, no matter how difficult it may seem to be in our lives. We love you and we praise you. All this I ask in your name, God. Amen. Let us stand for our hymn of invitation, page 572. I love to tell the story. 572. 
Thank you. Would you be seated, please? First of all, we want to thank the deacon nominees last week who spoke. I've heard several people say this week how special that was, and uh, it was special. And as some of us were talking as we were counting the ballots, uh, I think it's great when different ones from our church can, uh, can share with the church family. Um, as you know, we had, as is our Constitution and bylaws dictate, uh, we had twice the number that would be elected last week uh, that were, would be entertained, so we had four. And then what we have is we have uh, two alternates and then the two who received the highest uh, vote totals. And so the two new deacons for this uh, coming three-year term are Jim Umphress and Jim Kinder. So we appreciate these, and um, we appreciate everybody taking this seriously and, and voting uh, during this process. What do you say we stand? And, oh, by the way, Chad, I, I, I didn't think you were trying to boss me around. I, I just said that. <laughs> so we were just getting our heads together, weren't we? There you go. So uh, why do you say we stand and have a closing prayer? And I'd like to ask... Uh, Jim and Jim, how about y'all coming down front, would you? Yeah, just stand right here if you would. And we will have a deacon ordination for Jim Kinder, and but Artie and Jim will work that out. Let's pray for these two men. Dear God, as we come before you this morning, first of all, I want to thank you for your love and your compassion. And I thank you, dear God, I thank you for Chad and his willingness to stand before your people. And as he said, it's, it's an awesome responsibility. And I thank you for his willingness to do that. And Lord, as we come to the close of this service, we come, Father, asking your blessings upon these two that the church has called out for service. And Lord, I pray that you will be with Jim Upfrist, Jim Kinder. And I pray, dear God, that as they grow and deacon, being a deacon here at Crestview, Lord, I pray not only for them, but I pray for all of the deacons who are actively serving at this time. Lord, help us to be spiritual leaders in the church, not just a group that conducts business. We've got committees to do that. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to be the deacon leaders that we should be. Lord, we realize what that means is being a servant. And if we take very literally, Lord, your word and the way it's translated 
when it talks about us serving you, not just deacons, but Christians, that it talks about being a slave to you. That perhaps is a more literal translation than servant. And Lord, I count it a privilege to be your slave. And Lord, I pray that you would help each of us as Christians to rally and be thankful that we have you to serve. But I pray for these men. I pray, Lord, that you would be their families. And Lord, I pray that you would just bless them as only you can so that they and we together, all of us, can be the church that you would have Crestview to be, a light in this community that is willing to transform lives for your glory's sake. For it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. I didn't think you was I know. <laughs>